Why did he say Thunderball? <laughs> Why did he say it like that? Yo, Thunderball! <laughs> Yo, what was the what was the audio? What was the dumb choices for this show at the beginning? What the f were they thinking? <laughs> Do you think that they were like on a time limit? Like they were crunch time and they're like we gotta get this next episode done, like, like, just come up with a voice. And they're like, dude, we don't know what to do for Electabuzz, just do something. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> perfect. And they loved it. <laughs> oh my god. That's so wild. The thing that the- that this- You know what's crazy? That, like, this anthem for Pokemon mm -hmm. is more popular than its original anthem in Japan. Oh yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Like, this is the anthem for Pokemon. Dude. Solid. Yes. 100%. So solid. You know what's also a weird, uh, a weird comparison? Mm. I know four kids had, has a history of just really f***ing animes. Yeah. To make it kid friendly. But you can't deny that the intros that they created specifically for their versions were of pretty, the, were pretty good. They were yeah. fire. Yeah, they were fire. Like, do you remember like the actual original like One Piece yeah. song like in Japan? Man, it was meh. And then you watch this one, <laughs> like Dream It, <laughs> Dream It. <laughs> Don't give him that color out. I was like, Yo, Yo, <laughs> like I wanted to join the high seas. <laughs> Got me so amped that I wanted to just ride out into the high seas. <laughs> and we'll start in five, four, three, two. What's up, everybody? This is the Red Band Podcast, your source for all film and TV related news and topics. I'm your host, Andy King. And of course, with me tonight is our main tentacle director, Mike Cards. Hello, everyone. I skipped over our other co-host, Adrian. He is not here tonight. No, he is not. He's all the way in Wisconsin right now. Yep. Gonna see the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I mean, like, whoa. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers isn't there. So what are you, what what are you, you there to see? What are you there to see now? <laughs> like, oh, fucking A. Better watch out. You're going to start some fights with the Packer fans, man. I'm sure Packer fans are already fighting. <laughs> They're punching the air right now. I was just joking. I was like, man, maybe I should go into Adrian, just full Raider Nation house. Oh, shit. <laughs> Get stabbed right before I walk right in. Because everywhere is Raider Nation. <laughs> That's Raider country. Raider country. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately we're gonna have Adrian here tonight, but we'll have him over next week. So mm -hmm. he'll be but back. How you doing, man? How you doing, Mike? How's I'm, your night going? I'm good. You're I'm doing, doing good. Well. Yeah, man. You know what I just got done seeing? What? Oppenheimer. Yeah. Damn. Finally make the full completion of the big old event for summer 2023. Yeah, pretty much. That's like yeah. the last like summer summer yeah. box office, right? Like. Blockbuster, right? Yeah. I don't think we're going to have any more. Uh, I remember that we covered like a, a, a list of blockbusters. Yeah, because the last two episodes were about all the summer blockbusters going on. But I think Oppenheimer and Barbie are the last two. Yeah, I, th I think those are at least like the most anticipated ones right yeah. now. And at least like it helped 
brink up a sluggish summer blocks office, a box office. Cause bad, it was bad, dude. It was really bad. It was really bad. Every major film was not hitting. It was all underperforming. Yeah, dude. It, it was, uh, it was really disappointing. Yeah. And of course, that's going to be the main topic tonight. Of course, is covering over the full on Barbenheimer effect in both of those box offices. Yep. But of course, first we have our film news and our smaller topics. Yes. So first going on, unfortunately, we have a, another death in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Bo Goldman, big time, two time actually Oscar winning screenwriter. Mm-hmm. You've seen his films. Um, he wrote what the what the. The one who flew over the cuckoo's nest, uh, um, Melvin a, and Howard, scent of a woman, scent of a woman, uh, meet Joe black. Yeah. Countless oh, other ones. Man, is, big, know, huge, major, as well as his, uh, his greatest film in his view, shoot the moon, his capabilities of drawing complex, uh, with humorous, uh, deep screenplays mm-hmm. that were able to, cut right to you. Mm-hmm. you know? He kind of did like really change the style of screenwriting yeah. in his time he, to really make it more like in-depth character, in-depth, you know, analysis of like themes and everything. Yeah. Like he was kind of the one of the leading writers who first started bringing that into American cinema. Yeah. And he, he was pretty much like a, he was a legend. Oh yeah, he absolutely. Was, he was an icon to, to pretty much as the idea of what movies could be. Mm-hmm. And his ability to also be considered, you know, the the script doctor. Oh, yeah. The know. script doctor, man. You know, so if, and just an absolute. What just, a title to have the script doctor. For real. To, to be the person to come to where it's like something's not making sense. It's like, hey, something's wrong with my script. I need you to look this over and just patch it up. Fix what is wrong with it. I can't tell, but you're going to know what it is. So just an absolute legend in the film. And especially in these current times where writers are on strike. At the age of 90. Mm-hmm. So moving over to the next topic, SAG Afra has approved 39 indie projects to shoot during a strike, including two A24 films. Yep. Of course, it would be A24 to get the blessings and pass to shoot during a strikes. What's crazy, too, is that A24 isn't like this huge movie studio. No, no, absolutely it's, not. It's still like an independent film. But they're like a powerhouse independent yes. now. They're they're an independent film feel with, they're what Warner Brothers used to be, a place for filmmakers. Yeah. To where your creativity yeah. can be taken here and nurtured. Yeah. And it shows in all of their work. Mm-hmm. So the two films that are still allowing to be produced by A24 is Mother Mary, which will be starring Anne Hathaway and uh, Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. And you got Death of a Unicorn with Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega. Can I just talk about that really quick? Yeah. It just, it just, so Mother Mary is going to be about a pop star fashion designer melodrama. Mm-hmm. And Death of a Unicorn starring Paul Rudd and Jenna Ortega is about when Paul Rudd, and driving with his daughter, Jenna mm. Ortega, hit a unicorn with their car. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because like, you kind of explain like how you see like A24 studios like in the industry. Yes. A24 to me, as best described, is they are the high school short film. They're the they're the people who take your high school short film idea 
and bring it to life. Yeah. Like the idea that you had all the way back in high school, you look back, you're like, oh, maybe that's kind of weird. They take that and they're like, you know what? Let's run with it. Let's run with that. There, there's something there. Yeah. Like, and they're just so freaking cool. Like, <laughs> lamb, talk to me. Like yeah. all these films like that. It's like, there was something weird and interesting about him. Something creative. Which, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, well fucking done. Like, Marshall, the shell with shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. You just want more of that, that weirdness, yeah, right? I want that weirdness. Yeah. Like I, when you get to the point of like realism, like you're already living life. What, what other drama uh, Oscar bait can I possibly listen to this time? Exactly. Where it's like, I mean, the last good one was, I forget the name of the movie, but it was the one where, um, where the two were, uh, they were deaf. And their uh, daughter oh, I was know the only one to hear. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I forgot that. Uh, that one was a good one, though. No, that was a good one. That but I, I see where you're made, I see yes. what you're saying, like that Oscar bait type of like. Yeah. Where it's like the struggling person or the struggling family dealing insurmountable odds find themselves. In Coda. The, Coda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Coda was. Coda was good. Yeah, that was good. I that really was, enjoyed that was good. Coda. And yeah. And I was like, okay, but how much more can I get from. Oh man, Manchester by the Sea. Damn, this is depressing. Shit. Well, I'm already living depression. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> maybe it's like maybe I want something weird. I want something odd. Odd. Oh, take so, me out of my world. And, and so when else, you see yeah. something like Marshall the Shell with shoes, you're like, all right, okay, all right. <laughs> and it's so charming. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely get what you mean. But I love it. But yeah, they were. Uh, they're playing ball. They're yeah, yeah. Playing they're ball playing with ball. SAG AFRA and the writers unions. Yeah. And I don't know. It's one of those things like, of course, you're going to get all these smaller independent like projects that are going to seep through. Mm-hmm. But I, I see what some people are worried about. Like, is this like the, what, the slippery slope? You know, you allow the small projects and then you start allowing more. Then you start giving favor to other studios, you know, during a strike. Like, how much do you allow to keep slipping through before the studios don't even care because they're still seen as you guys are still working? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but at that point as well, I feel, uh, there's been such a dynamic shift of actors and actresses mm. moving into independent film. Oh, yeah. Who actually want to do the creative work that they want to do. They're getting tired of blockbusters. They're getting tired man. of blockbusters. Yeah. They're getting run down, and all these studios and producers and studio heads are like... It's who too, have, there's who too have, many thoughts. There's too many inputs into the project, and you can't focus all on the project. There's too many cooks. Too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Too many cooks in the kitchen. And that's what happens. Yep. And so they're moving and shifting over into this independent dynamic and all these smaller independent studios, especially A24. Well, I won't say it's a small, but they're, they're still independent. They're still independent and they're adhering to all the guidelines that SAG-AFTRA and WGA are, are putting out. It's like, Hey, these are the, what we want in our union. And they're like, yeah, 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 sure. Why not? And if they're able to do it, then what's the excuse of the, the major studios of Hollywood talk about, oh, we just can't afford that. You know, how am I going to get my $350 million check? I mean, where's that money going to come from? You know, you expect me to get only 300 million? Like who's like, <laughs> <laughs> I hate rich people so much. I hate them so much. You see that, right? Like, yeah. like well done for those that are like well off within the figures of, 
you know, if that you truly built something and you're profiting off it, like, well done. But I'm talking about the rich assholes that are like, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to afford to give them this raise. And I was like, well, maybe you can sell like the four mansions, 10 private jets, the six Rolls Royces, the mega yacht that you have. That's pretty much a fucking cruise ship. Yeah. I mean, are those really necessary to have? So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you say your company can't afford finances, you might be hoarding too much of your company's money to yourself. The real answer is that they can't the studio can't afford to pay your exorbitant fee. Yeah. And pay the writers. So you're like, well, you have to pay me because I'm the CEO (laughs) where it's like if you're going to have an AI to replace somebody, just do the fucking CEO. Yeah. Like, what do you do? (laughs) What do you actually do? You just throw a dart. Can you actually replace the CEO with AI? I feel like you could. Yeah. I feel like you'd write a program like that. Yeah. Because I mean. Probably make better executive decisions. Yes. 100%. (laughs) Without a human input. There you go. There There you go. You got it. There's no human element for that. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. And the last bit of film news before we go over our main topic. What we have here is Mattel has come up with their own cinematic universe that are now ready to start with 14 films. This is wild, but considering that like not long after this major success of Barbie, I feel like they would already have it planned just in case. Yeah. But they didn't predict the success that Barbie had. Mm. And once it grew to the level to where they're like, okay, now we can, we can move forward. Like they really came out. But My thing is like, isn't both transformers and GI Joe Mattel as well. Yeah. And haven't at least transformers been a successful franchise. I feel like that one was different. I feel like with that, it's a, it adheres to the male audience. It's robots. It's transformers, you know, fucking whatever. And so when they're like, we're going to take a stab at Barbie, you know, we're let's go for it. You know, let's see what happens. Yeah. So they're like, I don't know. I felt like Barbie would have been very easy. Uno, the fucking movie that I'm reading right here. That's taking a stab. That's taking a stab. The magic eight ball movie. That's taking a stab. Polly fucking pocket. That's a huge stab. You see what I'm saying? They already like, have the actress. Transformers, Barbie. Those make sense. Those are huge franchises that it's hard to fuck those. But up. they really saw that and they were like, yo, let's do it all. Of it. Let's do it all. Because you know what? I bet they it's were like, just you like, could do a Hot Wheels movie. That's easy. Isn't Rock'em Sock'em Robots just basically Pacific Rim? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? How are you going to do a movie on Viewmaster? Do you ever fucking Viewmaster? Yeah. Like, how are you going to do that? What the hell? Okay, Uno, though, I think. Chris's Balloon? Come on. Chatty Chatty. Chatty Catty and Betsy Wetsy. What the fuck? No, it's funny how you're saying Thomas and Friends. That sounds like it should be a horror. It should be a horror. Yeah, Thomas right? the Tank Engine, that shit's scary. Like, I mean, all the videos, the fan-made animations that people are making about Thomas the Tank Engine just being like this demonic, weird spider creature. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's very creative to where, okay, I could probably see something like that. <laughs> but I am excited about the Barney movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I need to see how they're going to do Uno. Definitely Barney, because with Daniel Kluya, has he actually been approved or it's just rumored for that? I think now it's been approved. Okay. Be, and he said that it's going to be uh, A24-esque style. Ooh. So I'm really curious on that. Zay, that'll be re- Oh, maybe it might be behind the character himself, the guy playing Barney. Remember, it was a black guy. Mm, yeah, that's so right. Is it? Oh, so is this like a biopic? Ooh, maybe. It's like we're leaning in. It says here we're leaning into the millennial angst of the property rather than the fine tuning this for kids. It's really a play for adults. Uh, not that it's R rated, but it's 
but it'll focus on some of the trials and tribulations of being 30 something growing up with Barney, just a level of disenchantment with the generation. Okay. So, okay. okay. It's kind of what they did with Barbie. Yeah. You know, they grew it up. Like, let's be honest. Barbie wasn't for kids going to the movie theaters. This is a movie for adults who grew up with Barbie. Yeah. That's why the movie was made. It had a lot of adult themes in that kind mm-hmm. of sense. So I can see how they're going to go with that with Barney. Yeah. They did that with Barbie. And they did. They had a lot of like underlying themes as well with Barbie <laughs> that uh, that I was not expecting. Yeah, oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm actually kind of really want to. Yeah, you really want to see it. I definitely really want to see it, man. Though, can we get Uno movie exactly like Yu-Gi-Oh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I already, I already explained it. I don't know. Should I explain it again? Yeah, explain it. Okay. This is how I picture an Uno movie being. Okay. It's going to be like Yu-Gi-Oh. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be some kid who has no idea what the game is or how it's played. Who's bullied by some dude at his school who challenges him to an Uno match for something stupid, like for the girl he likes or whatever. I'll stop picking on her. If you beat me at Uno, and he's like, okay, because even though he doesn't know what it is and he starts playing down a card, right? Because this kid's just like fucking him up because he's this younger dude's never played it. And his two friends, the girl and his nerdy friend are right behind him. And even she's like, oh, my God, like what's happening? I don't get it. And then that dude in the back with the glasses while he's pushing up with his middle fingers. Uh-huh. He's over there, yeah. like, He just played a draw four card. This is bad. He has to give the exposition yes. of what the draw four card is. When a player draws a draw four card, he not only does the other player have to. <laughs> pick up four cards but the opposing player can also pick any number they choose and he's like yellow and then he throws down like a skip card and they're all oh, gas <laughs> a skip card what's that it means that that skips the opponent that he's playing and redirects right back at to him and just plays like another yellow card or some shit just like the ultimate combo yeah <laughs> combo play this super epic and dramatic just if it's like that i'll watch it <laughs> You're a second-rate dueler with a third-rate deck. <laughs> I need a Kaiba. You I need, need a, a Kaiba. Kaiba you absolutely player. need a Kaiba. Please. Please make it like that. I would watch the hell out of it. Hell yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break from our sponsor, Audible, and when we get back, we're going to cover over the big box office numbers for Barbenheimer, Barbie, yep. and Oppenheimer. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Audible. That's right. That's right. Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks. They have over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from. This week, I am reading Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. So, of course, visit www.audibletrial.com forward slash red band for a 30 day free trial. You get one credit, good for any premium selection title you like, yours to keep forever. The Audible catalog also contains podcasts, audiobooks, guide wellness, and Audible originals. So go check out www.audibletrial.com forward slash redband. That's right, that's www.audibletrial.com forward slash R-E-D-B-A-N-D, redband. And we are back. Now covering over our main topic tonight is Barbenheimer is breaking records at the domestic box office for the second weekend it, they're both still going strong both barbie and oppenheimer like well done well well done so we have oppenheimer is domestic box office we have 141 million and then we got barbie which is powerhousing through with 287 million both placing them at number one and number two 
And these ones are just domestic numbers. And these are just the domestic numbers. It's not even counting the international film. Now, right now, beforehand, number one was Sound of Freedom. It was going strong domestically, but now both those films have overtaken it. Mm. And they're hitting even harder on the international level. Barbie, by Sunday, is going to already hit... 600 million. Yeah, that's so freaking nuts. Absolutely. And they even expect Oppenheimer by Sunday to even hit 400 million. Well done. Mm-hmm. And with a budget of Oppenheimer being 100 million. Oh, yeah. Both of these films were only like 100 million. I would think Barbie was like 170 million or something like that. Uh, Yeah, Barbie or, was uh, 145. 145. So still, I mean, still big budgets, but mm-hmm. nothing compared to what was going on earlier in the summer with Flash and like... Indiana Jones hitting the 200 yeah. plus million budgets when you already had these uh just these tremendous flops seriously huge massive flops and even Mission Impossible that one too was surprisingly underperforming yes and that was also another big budget that was almost 300 million wasn't it yeah that one was uh, roughly 291 million damn and domestically right now it's only made 131 million. Damn, I mean, that one's out long. How long does that was a full like week out before? Yeah, that one's already been out. Well, like yeah, that one unfortunately weeks? got crushed by both Barbie and Oppenheimer. Two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, throughout three weeks. Yeah, let me, just getting there let me now. see. Yeah, about three weeks now. It was in the beginning of July. Let's see, July 12th. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so almost three weeks. Yeah, yeah, that's bad, man. So did you? I mean, everyone knew this was going to happen. There was we saw all the marketing. It was massively promoted with these two widely opposite films coming together for like yeah. their own special double feature. That's like a weird double feature right there. For real, like it's. But weirdly enough, uh, have you noticed that there wasn't really any? The only marketing that they had for Oppenheimer. Did was, you notice any of it? Yeah, was attached to Barbies. Or in marketing or yeah, yeah, but also like by itself. It's literally just Killian Murphy just staring at the camera. <laughs> oh yeah. Because it's like, well, come on, we need to do some marketing. Here's the man that killed thousands. <laughs> <laughs> How do you market that? How do you yeah? By having a thousand yard stare of there. man right into you. <laughs> like you, you wouldn't expect most of the marketing to cover the explosion. But they were the like bomb. It's like, no, no. No. We don't want the explosion showed. We want Cillian Murphy's face just staring coldly into the camera. Give him that peaky blinder stare. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Give him that fucking uh, Tommy Shelby stare. Uh, Oh, yeah. There you go. Do you think that... uh, (laughs) Do you think that the creation of the atom bomb was uh, by order of the peaky blinders? (laughs) It was Thomas Shelby's doing... (laughs) <laughs> is this way to get into the U- U.S. cabinet? That's how it was. <laughs> but man, I mean, I saw Barbie going massive at the box office. I kind of already saw that movie going to be a huge major success. Mm-hmm. But did you did you see Oppenheimer? Being on this type of level, like, of course, it's a Christopher Nolan film. People get excited for these type of yeah. films, too. But there's something weirdly going on with this marketing that it kind of like put this film like on a whole nother level than his other films. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like it was. Um, I mean, like people were almost treating this like it was his next piece in like the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was it was such a weirdly high importance of this film. Yeah. Uh, but. 
I think at the same time, it it kind of makes sense. Or you think it's just because it's now the expectation of Christopher Nolan? Uh, I don't know if it's the expectation. Well, whenever you see Christopher Nolan making something, you're like, oh, shit, this is going to be good. Yeah, it's going like, to be. It's going to be good. No you know it's going to be story-wise, good yeah. at least, yeah. But I think with this one, it probably hit him a little bit harder of the fact that, like, we're making a movie like the 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 heaviness of this movie was we're not just making a movie about the atom bomb. Yeah. We're making a movie about the man who kicked off the creation of the greatest weapon, the most terrifying weapon known to man. Yeah. With such unforeseen and also predicted consequences for future generations yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. And in his mind was just like, I got to create this thing. Like I'm being told, I got to make this thing, and then not thinking of like, well, shit, I don't know what I just made. Well, they he knew what he was thinking the entire time, but it was more like you're. I'm making a really you're, big bomb. You're you're pinned between a a rock and a hard place. It's it's at this point, it's like, do you? want someone else to be responsible for potentially ending the world or do you at least want it in your hands because you know you're capable? How do you feel safer? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want someone else to have that power or do you at least want to feel better that you had that power? Mm. Yeah. And uh, Do you feel safer that you have at least the potential to kind of control it in a sense? So I, so I think like the marketing for that, that's... It's, it's, you can't market that. You, you can't, can't market, market that. that. And yeah. the only way you can market that is a really stressed out dude staring right at you. So, <laughs> who's basically saying with his eyes, I've killed thousands. <laughs> and it was funny because like we were joking about earlier, like when they're doing the whole marketing strategy with Barbie and in LA, they build the Barbie actual dream house. Yes. And everyone's like, oh man, Oppenheimer. What's your move, man? How you gonna do your marketing strategy? He's like, just blow up a town. I'm gonna blow up a town. <laughs> or no, the other thing as well. No, the other marketing strategy that they had was Chillian Murphy just staring at you with a thousand yard stare. And then always consistently bragging that the film reel for the seven, 70 millimeter film reel is 600 pounds. <laughs> that was really like the only marketing. Hey, got no trailers. That's true. They, they even waste no time with no trailer. That's true because of like how big it is. It's, big no, it's so big is. and it's so expensive too. That they just cannot. You can't afford to put ads on 70 millimeter. No, you just start it. You just start the movie. So I appreciate that. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty nice there. I, I Like I said, I really do want to see Barbie. I've yeah. been hearing a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, now, was this is now the most profitable um grossing film for like a female director right uh Greta Gerwig yes yeah Uh, let me see let's see okay so yes Greta Gerwig has the highest um opening weekend okay there you go yeah so that's what it go though like good on her dude like I was just looking like she this is her first big budget movie Really? This is her very first one. She's what done else a, has she done? Yeah. She's done a bunch of indie movies. Um, there was one where it was, I think it was Lady Bird. Okay. I've heard about that one. I've heard about Lady Bird. She did Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Marriage Story. Beautiful Boy. Perks of the Perks of Being a Wallflower. Nights and Weekends. Francis Ha. Like, these are ones that she's, that she's worked on. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think, does she direct this one too? No way. <laughs> Jeez. Just Google Greta Gerwig, man. Why? Just Google does something with her. Oh, God, what do they do? <laughs> oh, my God, that's interesting. I didn't think they will tie that on. What the hell? It's all pink. It's sparkly. Wow. Yeah, because of Barbie. Because of Barbie. Holy shit. So, listeners, if you Google Greta Gerwig, the director of Barbie, just her name, her whole page, her Google page and everything, it's all glittery and sparky. Sparkly is all pink. It's all barbadized. Wow. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well done. Here we go. Sorry. Here's some. Here are the movies that she's directed. Okay. Uh, she's directed Nights and Weekends, Little Woman, Lady Bird, and then, of course, this being Barbie. Mm-hmm. So both. Let's see. Lady Bird and Little Woman, both of both of which have earned nominations for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Okay. So she's really good. Oh yeah. It's really really good. So well done. Well done on you, Miss Greta. It's fucking great. Now, before we close off, now we know that the studios and they've been complaining, they've been worried because the whole, the summer has been really underperforming. Yeah. Um, Do we know the first early projection numbers they expected to get from this summer compared to what they actually now have? Mm, That's a good question. I thought it was like something of like over a billion. Was it something like three, four billion, something like that, that they were expecting? Yeah, something like that. Like. Okay, yeah. So right now it's hitting at 1.8 billion for the total for summer box office numbers, which is still 2% lower than last year's. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they were expecting to hit 4 billion for this year. And yeah, they're just under half. So that's, yeah, that's about a $2 billion net loss over the summer. Well, these movies have not been very good. Unfortunately not. It was was really lack. And we said this over and over beforehand. It's what happens when you throw so many blockbusters out throughout the whole year. You have really no anticipations to go out during one time of the year during the summer to really see these numbers grow. Yeah. It's really no point. Yeah. Like it's, um, at that point it just kind of, it loses its luster. Yeah. It loses its like, it loses its, it's, it's gumph, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this is the blockbuster. We go and see blockbuster summer when it's like, you're waiting for the summer to see movies summer movies that was the thing like summertime is blockbuster season exactly because everyone's out of school everyone's on summer break like you have all this free time like let's go to a movie like all right let's do it and but what does it matter because now every other every month is going to be a blockbuster blockbuster. some big movie from some studio so doesn't really make much sense anymore so it's like uh, well you just grow numb to it whereas before i was like oh wow like we're getting so many blockbuster movies all year. And it's like, oh, well. Whatever. It's another one now. If I it's miss that movie. one, I can always catch the next one. Yeah. yeah. It's just a movie now. Mm. It's just another movie. And so it's kind of, it's lost, it's lost its, its value. Yeah. In blockbuster. It's like, oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah, no, Critics are saying it's the number one movie. Yeah. Okay. Is I heard though? that last month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I heard that last I'm month. I'm tired of that. Yes. I'm really tired of hearing 
this is the greatest number one movie in America the next month. Greatest number one movie in America. I was like, really? We got a lot of number ones. Yeah, <laughs> apparently we have all the number ones. Apparently all of them are just equally number one. They're all dimes, man. Well done. <laughs> Shut up. Just stop that. All right, man. You got anything else to cover before we fully close out? Anything uh, big about Barman Hybrid you want to talk about? <laughs> I do love that each other... Uh, each people from each movie has promoted like going to the movie to watch each other's. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like they've been a sport for each other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Shelley Murphy was asked about it and he was like, I love it. Like, well done. Like it, it makes people want to go to the movies. Like, yeah, go to the movies, go watch Barbie and then go watch Oppenheimer or the debates of like, all right, seeing it same day. Here's how to watch it. <laughs> like it's such a long double feature. It's like, Five and a half hours right there. That's your whole. That's your whole. That's day. your day. That's your day, man. Yeah. That is your entire day. Then, you, like in my opinion, it's first you see Oppenheimer. All right, because you know it's going to be a heavy movie. You know it's going to be a dramatic movie. Uh, and then when it's over, you're going to need a break. You get so you get you your lightheartedness. Yeah, get your lunch. You know, take a walk a little bit, and then when it's time for the scream time. Go and watch Barbie, and then you have your lightheartedness to end the day. Yeah. No, that's a good way to do that. That's definitely a good way. Yeah. So it's like, all right, cool. Like, I like that. You know, there's this, this gr- the growing trend of going to watch both movies, and there's no bitter feud between both sides of like, oh, like, see mine more. No, see mine more. When really it's like, yeah, you guys can go watch it, and then watch mine after if you want to do that. That's cool. See, I do Except miss- for Tom Cruise, who's like, I don't want any of them arriving on the same day. Move your movies away from mine. Move your movies away from mine. That's why mine didn't do well. It's because you guys wouldn't move. It's like, like yeah, because they're the better movies then. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently your missions are not that impossible. <laughs> if you're on seven part one. <laughs> All right. Just shut up. Just stop. And most of your budget went to your fucking stunts. <laughs> Guaranteed. Did you need to jump a fucking cliff? No. <laughs> Alright, well, we want to thank everyone for listening to tonight's podcast. I'm curious on your thoughts on tonight's topic. How do you feel about the big old Barbenheimer event? Do you like the films? Did you hate them? Were you ecstatic or not? You can leave a comment below if you're watching this on our Next Journey YouTube channel. If not, we'll put this up on our open forum on our website at www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast for listeners discuss episode topics and various other film related news. We'll put out episodes every Wednesday. For audio listeners, you can find the Red Band Podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and of course, our website, which I'll say again www.nextjourneypro.com forward slash Red Band Podcast. And as usual, before we fully sign out, Mike has those last end notes for you guys. Yes, all the different ways you can be able to listen to us. If you have any sort of audio, podcast channel to listen to, chances are we are on there. Look for the screaming microphone. However, head on over to the Apple Podcast app so that way you can be able to give us that five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. Uh, Share with the friends that you think would enjoy this episode or just enjoy these series. And of course, subscribe because we love to see the subscribers. We would really, really appreciate it. And heading on over to YouTube, which, you know, technically we do have episodes up of previous episodes where you can be able to watch live our antics like our 100th uh, episode special that we aired on 4th of July. So head on over there. Check that one out. Like, subscribe, comment down below of topics you think we should cover or think uh, topics that we 
haven't covered yet that you think we should. Uh, but yeah, subscribe, like, share with a friend. And of course, last but not least, our Patreon account. We have a Patreon account, so please consider heading on over there, subscribing to that, because the more subscribers we have, the more content we can produce. You know, we want to make this a, a real thing, you know, our, our jobs, our, our everyday stuff. And I know there's a bunch of other podcasts out there who... Who do a bunch of other stuff, but I mean, I, fuck them. I, <laughs> more or less, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh god, damn it! We we hope ours is different because we want to bring you news, film-related news that's not necessarily covered normally by the mainstream you know so head on over and consider subscribing got some stuff share with a friend yeah <laughs> probably broke you down it just, it just broke me down my train of thought just disintegrated i was like you know what just just get it out real quick just subscribe subscribe <laughs> comment (laughs) (laughs) all right guys you heard it from mike please like and subscribe we'll see you next time there's no later tater (laughs) (laughs) it's not here tonight no adrian it's not the same